You're listening to The RN Mentor, a podcast designed to document and bring you the work and experience of some of the most influential nurses in our profession. We will be sitting down and having a discussion with the leaders of today's nursing world as they share their work, how they navigate their nursing path, and their views on the future of the profession. My name is Ali Tayeb. I am a registered nurse, United States Navy veteran, a Jonas Veterans Healthcare Scholar, and your host for The RN Mentor. Welcome back to uh, the RN Mentor Podcast. I have the great pleasure of having Dr. Antiqua Smart uh, with me this week. Uh, uh, Dr. Smart is a duly board certified family nurse practitioner and advanced public health nurse. Dr. Smart received her Bachelor of Science in Nursing degree from Southern University and A&M College. Uh, a master's of nursing degree from Louisiana State University Health Sciences Center, New Orleans, a doctor of nursing practice degree from the University of Alabama. In addition to her role as a clinician, Dr. Smart is an experienced nurse educator, healthcare consultant, health policy advocate, and entrepreneur. Uh, as an academician, uh, she co-authored she has co-authored several nursing textbook chapters, published articles in peer-reviewed nursing journals, and is a certified peer reviewer for the Journal of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Dr. Smart is currently a board of directors member for the Louisiana Association of Nurse Practitioners, in which she uh, serves as a health policy committee member, political action committee co-chair, a medical advisory board member for NICE Healthcare in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and maintains professional memberships in several nursing organizations. Dr. Smart currently works as a full-time assistant professor in the graduate nursing program at Loyola University in New Orleans. She is also the owner, principal healthcare consultant, social media content strategist at Health Consultology eResolutions, and the owner, creator, blogger at Ask Me, uh, Dr. Smart DNP. Welcome to the show, Dr. Smart. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Uh, fantastic to have you. Uh, I have been uh, following you for a while um, through social media. I had the pleasure of hearing you talk at a another uh, event, uh, not too long, about maybe about a month or two ago. Uh, so, so happy to have you on the podcast um, and uh, looking forward to talking and picking your brain a little bit about some of the things you do. Yeah, you have you have your fielders out in a few places. So I want to pick your brain on those. All right. Great. I'm so excited to be here. So pick away. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll start with uh, with uh, with my first question is, uh, how did you get started in the world of nursing? What was your uh, your your uh, motivation to get into the world of nursing? I have actually wanted to be a nurse since I was probably about age nine. Um, I have always had an affinity and love for the health sciences, um, mainly, you know, biology and just the way the human body worked. I remember in elementary school, we had to do this project um, in which we literally learned about every single body system, but the uh, teacher had us outline our body and it was in construction paper and we literally would put the the diagram of what all of the organ systems looked like and um I just thought that was fascinating and even as a child I had my own kind of bouts with having to go to the the physician often um uh, particularly I had a lot of digestive system issues and so it was at that age that I realized I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome probably at about age eight or nine um, and so um, I just fell in love with with the health sciences and um, I, I really though kind of honed in particularly when I knew that I had the interest to um, enter the health sciences field of course everybody thinks you know you know, doctor, you know, oh, you know, you, you should be a doctor. 
Um, and so um, I decided to uh, go to a medical magnet high school where it was a high school in which they allowed us during our, particularly our junior and junior year to actually go to the hospitals and also clinics. So we would actually leave like our fourth and fifth hour or period, we would leave campus and that's where we would go. And um, so, but of course, during the other years, like your ninth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, there's other, you know, medical terminology. There was a health uh, occupations, Students of America, HOSA, I think it may still exist. So um, there were lots of opportunities for us to be immersed and get experience with whether or not that's something we wanted to pursue. And so, um, of course, okay, great. Well, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll start along with, you know, the whole doctor thing. Um, but it really was once I got into my junior year where I realized, you know, hey, it's the nurses who actually are, you know, there and spend the most time with the patient. And while I enjoy the science of it, it's very important for me to make those connections with patients and their families. And so um, that's actually why I chose nursing over medicine. Um, and, and it kind of really solidified those things. Like I'd always thought about nursing and new nursing, but then kind of you get persuaded by others. Oh, you know, go for this, go for that. And there's other ways, which I learned as well during high school of being a quote unquote doctor besides um, being a medical doctor or a physician. So um, that was really kind of where my fascination of, um, of, of, of nursing and healthcare began. Um, it, for me, it began rather early. It, it's not a, it, it really, this isn't a second career for me. Um, this was something that I always wanted to do, even though I did at one point contemplate whether or not I would go the physician route and, um, quickly changed my mind, um, especially once I got into uh, my, my freshman year and I kind of really realized, uh, you know, before I even got started, like, wait, you know, am I going to listen to what I really want to do ultimately or what others are telling me to do? And um, I kind of just had the confirmation. I was like, this isn't what I need to be doing. And so um, I actually was uh, started a summer semester of biology pre-med um, at Xavier University in New Orleans. And I was like, I'm supposed to be in nursing. I don't even need to start this route. I know that I will likely want to change areas. And with, with the medical, you know, being a physician, once you learn a specialty, that is it. Um, and I like variety in my life. So um, as you can hear, probably from my, my bio, <laughs> I kind of get sometimes a little bit bored or I like to... Um, I find it almost as a stress relief, but I like to be able to use all of the different gifts and, and be quote unquote balanced. So while there is that very much, um, you know, I, I function mostly with my, my, my left side of my brain, which is the more analytical. I also like to uh, indulge in some of the creative abilities that I um, may have. And I, I remember always when I took those type of tests, I, I still end up being the one that's whole brained. Um, you know, I, I, of course, you know, it depends on what I'm doing when I'm functioning in my clinician role as a nurse practitioner. Well, naturally, I'm using my left side a little bit more than my right, but you still need to use that right uh, to kind of hone in when it comes to the uh, interpersonal communication that you're having with your patient. Yeah, that's very interesting you bring that up because uh, I've had a few guests and even some of my students that talk about that come from a sort of a artistic, creative background. Uh, and sometimes they are second career nurses, but they've mm -hmm. had that component to them. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because I do a little bit of the arts and stuff myself. And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, although I do, I, I do like the analytical side of the world. I don't think I could survive on the analytical no. side of the world. Right? You need to have this other outlet. I that have, to have the outlet, right? Yeah, yeah right. I agree. The outlet I, is, is key, and I think that's kind of where the writing part of me—not from just academic or scholarly writing, but the the kind of the 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 blogging part—kind um, of how that comes in, and really. I've been able to be more active with just trying to grow 
things with my social media platform and being consistent with that than sitting down and being able to like blog on my own website, really, because uh, life kind of took an immediate 180 um, once <laughs> I kind of started with the whole journey with that. So. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That's uh, it, it's, you know, I, I always like to, you know, I, I always like to uh, talk to individuals to have this other side to them because it, it is so fascinating and you don't realize uh, that people's creative sides and how they can, uh, you know, do some of the things that they do because we don't see that uh, aspect of them. So I think that's fantastic. Right. right. Um, now you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, you uh, you decided you were going to go the nursing route once you uh, you knew that was your path. Uh, mm-hmm. How was your path in the nursing program going into your uh, first nursing role? How did how how was that process for you? Well, for me, um, once I made the decision that I was not going to um, you know go the biology pre med route, um, I decided to enroll at Southern University. It was a bachelor's of science in nursing program. Um, because I knew for me that likely I would be going for furthering, you know, my, my education through graduate studies. Oh, okay. So it just made more sense at the time for me. I also had some scholarship money, but I'm also blessed in that, um, you know, I, both of my parents, um, I'm an only child. And so both of my parents, you know, do they, well, they're retired now, but they were working. And, you know, as far as college education and, and paying for it, was not going to necessarily, that wasn't going to be um, an issue. I just, you know, my dad was like, hey, you're either going to work or you're you're going to school. So you one or the other, uh, but you're going to do something. So, um, but I mean, that was not, you know, that was never the issue. I've always been pretty much, you know, driven and I've always loved school. So for me, that's why I chose to jump straight into the traditional four-year bachelor's of science in nursing program. And then I was 18. So I was young. I was at that traditional age. I wanted to experience some some facets of college life. I um, did join a sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, while I was in college. So uh, that's, that's kind of why I decided to take that route. And I also have always been somewhat of what I like to call a futurist. So I like to kind of, I, I did, I did, I did my, I went to the library, I did all my research and I kind of would see where nursing, but also just healthcare in general, where things were going. And the thing that I could see with nursing and what I knew was that a lot of the roles that I eventually wanted to do in nursing um, required a bachelor's degree or higher. So I basically my plans were made from what, what the, I started with the end goal and worked my way backwards. So. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, was there any kind of a influence along the way for you as far as going into a graduate program or was that just your own drive that said, you know what, this is what I want to do. And this is the process for me. That was my drive. Um, I originally, you know, had thought about uh, because I started my my, fir- my first years in nursing were uh, were in maternal uh, newborn nursing. Um, so I always loved babies. Um, but you know, I knew that I wanted to eventually work in an outpatient setting and and liked public health and kind of was drawn to the community settings. And so um, I was like, well you know, being a neonatal nurse practitioner, and I realized it's like, you know, I can't do all this with these little itty babies, you know, it was just seeing one die, um, because I did work as a nurse tech. So um, I, I did that while I was in, in nursing school, uh, undergrad, um, and I worked in the NICU. And so that's kind of when I knew I was like, mm, I don't think I'd want to do this forever. <laughs> and then I saw some of the, the 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 things that kind of, you know, with the FMP role or being a family nurse practitioner, um, what that would allow you to do. And I saw it really as an extension of my nursing. So, you know, as we like to say, it's not really practicing medicine. It's, it is advanced practice nursing. There's, you know, a medical model that we follow, but um, very much, you know, instead of calling, you know, having to call the doctor for an order, I, I can all, you know, I have the, you know, the legal authority to uh, actually, you know, order what it is that I think that my patient may need. So it just kind of takes out the middleman is how I would say it for, for things that are more simplistic. Now, of course, you know, I'm definitely not um, against the, the physician role. I have physicians myself, um, but there is a role that uh, advanced practice nurses play 
um, in the particularly within the the primary or their prevention preventative care of uh, individuals throughout the lifespan. And so I think I just kind of really like that whole prevention and promotion um, and kind of helping people to stay well um, and that the the also the patient education teaching that is still very much involved with the advanced practice nursing role. So um, for me, not necessarily, I knew that I wanted to be um, a nurse practitioner and um, I went for it. You know, um, I've always been the one that for some reason or another, people come to me asking questions and it's like, I only found out because I kind of did the research. You know, it's not like I I necessarily, um, there are no other nurse practitioners in my family. Um, you know, I, I did realize actually toward the, when, before I was about to complete or graduate my nurse practitioner program, that my grandmother um, actually, with my great, great, I think three greats grandmother, um, was a basically a, a midwife during the Civil War time. Oh, wow. So, um, of course, and that was you know I'm I'm a descendant of slaves. So of course you know that that whole thing. I'm still living in the South and all of that. Um, but I realized it's like oh well, that's where my love of uh, babies or my healthcare <laughs> kind of came from. You realize that things are, are generational and you didn't even really know. So um, I would say that, you know, they, of course, I came after them and my grandmother died when my father was nine. So I never really, that this is my paternal side of the family tree. So I never did really, I didn't get to meet her. You know, I didn't know her. And my grandfather died when I was like two or three. So I don't, he would come over, he would, we would have our, our granddaddy and daughter time, but I don't remember that <laughs> because I was a baby. So um, yeah, um, I really, they were my role models, but I did not know that at the time. Um, uh, I, I would say, you know, kind of that guiding force of, of what I kind of am doing in healthcare. Um, but no one in, in the immediate, you know, the generation with it where I'm in, or like maybe just the generation before had actually been uh, anything involved with nursing or, or healthcare. So I, um, I just, I, I'm that type of person when I get annoying, um, I go for it. Um, I, I've realized though, that some of that, um, I guess, um, I don't know whether to really call it an ignorance is bliss, but uh, <laughs> some, some of that, uh, that, that, that drive that I kind of had of like, well, I can do it. Anything is possible kind of faded away uh, in recent years when I kind of had some serious reality checks um, with really just how, you know, certain struggles and challenges can happen. And so for me, I would say professionally, everything was was textbook and it was like a fairy tale ending um, until about when I when I was about probably age 30. Um, and uh, this was actually my my first my first stint at being uh, in academia. Um, but at the time I was also trying to pursue my, my doctoral degree because I've, again, always knew that I wanted to teach nurse practitioners. So, um, you know, I have now, of course, granted, there have been professors um, throughout my career in which I saw certain things that they were doing and knew that it was possible. And one of the things with um, attending uh, an, an HBCU um, uh, or historically black college and university, because that's what Southern University is. We're actually the only one that actually uh, is a system because we have several different universities across the state. Um, and so um, that was intentional for me because I always went to schools or was in uh, different environments where I was the only one of color. And mm. so I wanted to, um, you know, take those African-American, you know, literature and, and study courses um, as part of the, you know, the arts part of, of, of our, our bachelor's degree. Um, and, and that's kind of one of the things in nursing, you not only learn the science, but you also have to take the, the art or your literature classes. And so that was very important for me, um, is, was attending um, an HBCU. And of course, most of my family, now that is a tradition, most of my family, the ones that have gone to, to college, uh, including my mother who has a master's degree, she's a retired um, education uh, edu educator. Uh, she taught, um, it used to be termed special education, but now it's exceptional student services. And so, um, 
she, you know, she got both of her degrees from there. Um, you know, uh, cousins, several cousins, my dad attended that university. So, um, you know, that was a family decision attending that particular university. But as far as healthcare directly, um, and, and the path that I took when I knew I was going to, you know, the next route or the next step, which was graduate school, that I just, it was an inner knowing and I, I just went with it and I, I took, you know, took each step as it, as it went. So. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's a great story. It sounds like from a, from a, a generational perspective and even your mom, they, everybody had a little bit of a influence over right. you being where you right. are today. So that's, uh, that's right. fantastic. Well, definitely my parents. I mean, my, my dad uh, worked, he, he's, uh, he's also a uh, army vet, um, U.S. Army and Vietnam, actually. Oh, wow. So, um, and he uh, then he spent the remainder of his career working um, at Equilus Exxon Mobil now at the refinery. So, um, at you know, one of the largest chemical, you know, petrochemical plants probably in the world. Um, but they're based here in Baton Rouge, and my grandfather, that's where he worked. But um, yes, yeah, so definitely they instilled the, the my core values, you know, about, you know, hey, if it's something that you want to do, go for it. And as far as working, you know, that work ethic, that comes from them, definitely. Um, but as far as direct role models with nursing, um, that mainly came from, you know, as I, when I was in school and, and the influences of, 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 of having or forming relationships um, or, or, you know, informal mentorships with professors as I went along. Um, yeah. So, that's where that influence came from. Yeah, I, I, as you're as you're talking about this, uh, it's it, it sort of popping into my head of how do you think um, having um, an active mentor in your life versus individuals that sort of uh, you know just influence and you did a lot of the legwork uh, from the sound of it. Uh, how do you think it would have been different for you? Uh, just because I, I hear this story a lot of there's a lot of, uh, you know, individuals who look at other people, uh, but they don't have that active mentor or sponsor individual in their life. Uh, how do you think things may have been different or why do you think nursing perhaps lacks that in general? You know, that's a really good question and something that I've found myself recently when as I listen, um, I'm on Clubhouse and um, I, I had to kind of disconnect because it can be addictive. <laughs> and I've got too much going on right now, seriously. Um, so uh, there's too many irons in the fire right now. But um, when I get a chance, if it's something that I know that someone tells me, hey, look, we're, we're going to be on. This is what it's about. And as I hear uh, now that I'm, I've kind of, I'm getting kind of reintroduced again to academia because I've done it. Um, adjunct for a while, but there's a difference between being adjunct and a difference between when you assume when you enter, you know, full time academia again. It's it's a it's kind of a a, a, a mental reset again. And so, um, you know, I I really th- have have had to think about it. And you know, everybody talks about how important it is, but I kind of, in some ways, I've never really had that. You know one or two like specific mentors. And I feel like, did I miss out on something? In a way, I kind of feel sad about it because, um, and and even for this role, you know, re-entering or just being in academia again, I have always been the one. And and I think though, in a way, that's just the way um, that it was designed to be. Um, You know, I I, I personally am a Christian. And so um, God is the center of my life. And uh, I feel that, you know, he has our, our book chapters written, our book of life is written before we even um, actually enter into, you know, we, we, are, we come in the physical form, we're, we're, we're spirit more than anything. And, um, and so I think the way he designed it for me to be is to be the one that's quote unquote the trailblazer, because I always find myself being the mentor. And so I think not having the mentor, the, the direct mentor, you know, and just these these influencers are, are you know, my um, supporting cast, as I'd like to call them. Um, it, it actually has empowered me or make, is, is the reason why I'm so willing to mentor and really want to be hands-on with others and tell them, look, this is what worked for me. This is what didn't work. 
I think it's what helps me to really be able to advise and guide others. Um, and I, I do wish that, you know, um, mentorship was, was more readily available in nursing. Um, I unfortunately have experienced, particularly within the last decade of my, you know, of, of my life and within my nursing experience, more of the, um, that incivility part. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that hurts. And I think that's the reason why mentorship can't take off um, is because it's that incivility of, you know, nurses eating their young and, and still having that that mindset and it's still lingering. And or even when, you know, you decide to, quote unquote, leave the bedside, because I feel like you really never leave the bedside. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're still in some ways, you know, it may be from a, a, a indirect perspective, but you're still taking care of patients. Your patient is just different. Right. Um, it's not a patient that's in a hospital setting. It is um, a, a cohort of, you know, nurse practitioner students for in, in my uh, case. Or, you know, I just do still practice one day a week. Um, so, of course, naturally, that is me <laughs> providing direct care. But I mean, you know, I, I think that nurses sometimes are not willing to... Um, be open-minded um, and really be, we don't, maybe we don't have enough progressive thinkers like myself. And I tend to be a very progressive thinker. I'm quiet about my progressiveness. So some people you hear them and they're all on social media with it and you know where they stand. Um, I don't always like to necessarily give my opinion because I kind of like to see what others are thinking. And I don't want my opinions to persuade or dissuade what someone else thinks or believes. Um, so, uh, because I believe in truly being a non-judgmental person. Um, but I think, um, I think that's really what's, what's hurt us, but hopefully, hopefully, and again, this starts with, with, with our nursing leaders. Um, and I would say within academia where, you know, you and me are, and that's why I really, that was my drive to get back into academia full time. It kind of, happened when I didn't think it was going to happen. So that's why I say life kind of took a 180. I was like, okay, well, let me just kind of start these entrepreneurial things that I knew I said I wanted to do one day, but never got around to doing them. Um, I have this window of opportunity right now. So let me do it. And then bam, you know, you, you kind of one of those things where you listen to what God tells you to do. Uh, like, okay, look, this is what you need to be doing. This is what I'm telling you to do. And then he like blesses you with more or more. He opens up more windows or doors of opportunity. And that's kind of what happened to me um, in 2020. Um, so uh, a lot of things kind of that I've always wanted to do all kind of all happen at once, literally. But um, I do think that we, it takes people being, we need more progressive thinkers and more forward thinking and people that are not afraid to change the dynamics of what nursing needs to be, because you can't, things can't stay stagnant. Change is inevitable. And um, nothing has taught us that more than this pandemic. And so you can't be so, you know, hell bent on one ideology or philosophy and let that hold you back because that's kind of what it can do. Um, from really making the positive change and then meeting, you know, another generation of, 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 of nurses, you know, we've got the millennials that are here and the things that worked for you and me, um, those aren't working, <laughs> even learning wise, that is not working for them. Doesn't mean that anything is wrong with them or the way that they learn. We have each generation has something to learn from one another. Right. But, um, I, you know, I, I think that's what is holding you know, that, that once we can iron out and get rid of that incivility that occurs in nursing, then true, more true mentorships, uh, mentor mentee, you know, relationships can happen. Yeah. I, and it's, and it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I've, uh, you know, being, uh, um, being a male in the nursing world, uh, I, have faced some, uh, some issues throughout my career of, you know, I've had, uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before. It must be a thing for me uh, that actually I did have somebody who was in a leadership role that blatantly said, I don't think men belong in nursing. And this is somebody who had been in nursing for you know a number of years and had, I'm sure has had 
to work with men in nursing. And um, so, yeah, so that, that I think there's a, there's a whole component of nursing that we should be okay with changing nursing from the traditional textbook way of, as I'm doing air quotes here, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, I think we should be okay with changing how nursing is because I don't think the core of nursing of being uh, patient-centered and holistic and all of those components, I don't think that's going to change. But I think the component of how we interact with one another and how we elevate each other in the roles that we're in and how we collaborate with each other. I think that's the piece. I think we really, really need to rethink and reshape because I don't think it's working for everybody. I'm sure it's working for some. I don't think it's working for everybody. No, I completely agree with you on that. You couldn't have said that better. And, um, you know, honestly, nursing needs to look like the the patients that we take care of, right? right. <laughs> all of our patients are not uh, Caucasian. All of our patients are not female. Right. Um, all of our patients, um, you know, they may have different religions. Um, so, I, you know, and speak different languages for that matter. Yes. Um, so um, then nursing needs to look like that. Patients receive the best care and are actually willing to be more open with with providers that they uh, can relate to. But that studies have proven that. And so when you have more nurses that are reflective of what the general population looks like, I think it only enriches the nursing profession um, because every every culture, every ethnicity, every religion, um, you know, no matter what your your um, you know what you identify as far as your gender or your sexuality, all of those things are who our patients are, and so we each can bring that into nursing, and it allows us to be able to. That that art <laughs> that we talk about and 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 that caring and compassion, you know, um, June Watson, you know, as, um, essence is the caring of nursing. All of that, all those things become more not just you know theories, but it, we can put that into practice when we're able to relate more with one another, and most importantly, relate with our patients. And so I think that you know, yes, this is the time in which you know there there's this reset now particularly within America, um, you know, with everything that kind of has, uh, I call it the racial reawakening because the racial, <laughs> it's always been there. Um, you know, and I've experienced it as a provider, you know, from patients. Right, um, right. So, um, you know, and then I've seen it subtly as a patient um, from providers. But um, I, I think that this is the the time. You're right. We've, we, there's uh, what, what, was working. And that's why there are just so few that uh, are able to reach certain levels or heights in their careers. It's not that we don't have things that come along that dissuade us or distract us, because I know the last two years now of, of my life has been, uh, it was been a nightmare. You know, I, I had illness. I had a, a, a job in which um, oh, I thought it was a job. The person didn't pay me. So I had to end up just walking away um, and, and things that happened at a point in my career that I would have thought would have never necessarily happened or not happened almost 20 years in the game, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, um, you know, not that I would tell people not to work for a startup. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just uh, that that's not really the goal. Um, I just think it just kind of shows you the change in the times and just honestly, the lack of um, integrity that 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 of, of people that are in healthcare now. And and I don't necessarily mean from um, a provider standpoint. Um, again, healthcare and nursing, it's a business at the end of the day. Right. And that's really how things are functioning. And that's what you see. So that's what right. you see in your leaders. That's what you see in people that may uh, be healthcare administrators, particularly like with me that work in a clinic. And so you're actually having more uh, kind of uh, dances, so to speak, with those administrators and say, maybe if you are working uh, in, in the hospital setting, you may only see, you know, middle management. Um, right. But um, those things are, are very, I think, important. And I think that's what we need to focus on and um, more truly working and being supportive of one another, whatever those um, endeavors may be. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that maybe, you know, as, as one, you know, the, the, the torch is passed on as, as, 
one group, you know, retires or some that may actually be deciding to leave nursing altogether right now because of, of the conditions um, right. of the pandemic. Um, I hope that things, the, the good traits can be passed on um, to the next and yeah. that we can get some change, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, one of the things that actually, um, you know, I back when March happened, around March of 2020, one of my first things actually I put it out in social media, I said, I wonder how many nurses will be leaving the profession of nursing, because one of the things that I think we don't do a really good job at in preparing nurses for the profession is talk about the business side of things, right? And right. I think so many people got a, are, have gotten it over the last year or have gotten it throughout their professional careers that they stepped into, including myself, I should say. I left two organizations because their end goal was no longer uh, compatible with me as an individual. Right. So, uh, so when they are businesses and they will have to, they do function as businesses. And these are, a lot of them are providers and nurses who are in administrative roles who have to run that business. And the decisions are made from a business perspective, which is sometimes good or bad. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm not at those tables and I don't make those decisions, uh, right. but uh, they are decisions that are made and it does it's not always compatible with with nursing the profession of nursing and yeah. how we think about patient care and while they're thinking about about the dollars the yeah the dollars <laughs> right, uh, right. So I think so I think that that's an important thing and I and I don't know if you know. Um, at what point we would introduce that it's sort of like a, Hey, by the way, this is a business because we don't, uh, I try to do a little bit of that in my, in my leadership classes, mm -hmm. um, nursing leadership classes, but I don't think that, you know, until people are in it or in a role where they have to make some of those decisions where, uh, like I said, that it, it soured the milk for me uh, m multiple times when I was in oh, a role yeah. and in those in the meeting where I'm like, this is no longer working for me. I can't work for this organization. And I left. That's been my decision to ultimately when I've decided to move on or, or, or I've made the, um, the, 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 the job hops that I've had to, to make, particularly over the last decade, um, which is something nurse practitioners tend to do. And I never understood why <laughs> until again, you're right. I think some things we just don't get until we're in this situation. But at the end of the day, for me, I, I still have a certain moral compass. Mm, and while right. I understand very much, um, you know, that there, there things are a business and certain things have to be done a certain way. Um, I, I'm not willing to um, have whatever those business decisions be infringe upon uh, something that I may not want to do that, you know, is against whatever my, what direction my moral compass is pointing. Right. right. So um, those are decisions and reasons why I've left organizations as well. I'm just not going to, uh, I've got to be able to sleep at night. Exactly. So I'm not going exactly. to um, just, you know, run in, run out, you know, to get a certain, you know, quotient of patients per quarter. And, you know, uh, I, I don't believe you don't, I don't, that's like herding cattle and I'm take, tr tr you know, taking care of patients. And at the end of the day, yeah, this may be what you want to see, but what about my license? Because you're not, I, I've had two depositions back to back, actually. And, and nobody from administration <laughs> or, or, or the, um, like, so you're like CEO, none of them are even my uh, collaborating positions because I, I don't live in a full practice authority state or I, I don't primarily practice, I should say, in a full practice authority state. They weren't in those, in those uh, depositions with those attorneys either. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I have my license to look at. And, you know, again, it's also I have to remember why did I go into this? Right. Because when you lose sight of that, yeah, you're going to be disappointed and, and, and frustrated and, and coming home disgusted and, and unhappy a lot of days. <laughs> um, because every day is not going to be pretty. Every shift ain't going to be smooth. But, um, you know, uh, yeah. I think that's kind of been my decisions as well. And it's hard because I think that's the core of what you see now. It's so much of a business um, and it can be conflicting with what we are taught as nurses or the very reason why we decided to go into nursing anyway. And I, I, 
I, I, I, you're right. I, I think there's exposure um, on to a certain extent, or I should say intro, introducing that side of nursing maybe in, in, in education a little earlier, maybe something that educators um, need to think about. But I do think um, it's not until, you know, you get into it, like I get the, the rich discussions that you're talking about, we were kind of talking about earlier before the recording. Um, I get that from my grad students because they're either, they're currently leaders or they may be charge nurses, or again, they've been practicing nursing, right. that they, they see that business side of it. So I think some of it, they're not going to, to really relate to until they get you know connected with and they're working for a particular healthcare organization. Because every organization is a little bit different, right? Some show that a little bit more than, <laughs> than others. <laughs> you know, I, you know, so. I, I, always, I always tell my students when they're looking at... Uh, at policy or they're looking at why this, this like decisions are being made or anything that's inputted, I always tell them, follow the money. Because there's always money involved, regardless why? of or, uh, good intentions, bad intentions, whatever the case may be, I whatever always tell them, follow the money. See where the money is flowing, where it's coming from, where it's going to. Uh, that will tell you really the, more than you need to know. Um, so, uh, and it's unfortunate. It's a, it's, it's a side of the healthcare that I wish didn't exist, but it does. But it it, it does. And I I get it. It has to, you know, to an extent I get it, but yeah, I I think it's just become so gritty. I, yeah, it seems like it, it, it has negatively overshadowed things in the way that it definitely is putting a sour taste in the mouths of, 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 those of us that actually are not on the business side and that that don't have input in some of those decisions. And that's why I think that it's important uh, for, you know, nurses, no matter regardless of what level it is, if, you know, really, you know, decide, hey, does this particular organization, do they value my input? Right. Because I think it's important to make, um, it's a, it should be still that team philosophy. And if, you know, I get it, somebody has to be the leader, but, you as as the staff nurse, I mean, you're the one that that's actually implementing these policies that people are coming up with. Then I think that you should be able to give some feedback, you know. Um, and at some point, your decisions, a little bit of what you uh, are doing, or your decisions should should be heard. You know, um, I think that that's important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and it's it's uh, you know, I don't necessarily prescribe to. Um, the magnet designation. I think it's uh, um, it's it's got its you know it's there, there's again dollars involved with right. that. It's a magnet designation. So there's a business decision. It's less of a healthcare decision. Um, uh, but uh, hospitals that operate under the same without being necessarily being magnet, but operate in that uh, sort of forum where they get direct input from bedside from every like every level of uh, the healthcare worker uh, that is in the in the organization i think they do a better job at it than organizations that are more top down um right. so um so yeah so thing, things like shared governance and i'm fully on board with things like that um like i said i call this sort of the magnet model without necessarily being magnet because uh, right. it's doable it's definitely doable um, so thank you. Uh, I I didn't. Uh, we're running almost out of time, but I want to give you uh, give you time to talk about your uh, entrepreneurship and your uh, uh, and sort of I don't want to call it a side business. It's <laughs> the, the the your creative side that you you put uh, uh, time into. Can you talk to us about that? Well, um, essentially for me right now, uh, very much the entrepreneur hat is still new, um, and definitely there's things to be uh, learned about it. Now, again, this kind of comes from also some input as far as on my 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 mom's side of the family, but also my dad's side of the family. They, um, you know, my grandfather, he was a full-time entrepreneur and had several different um, construction businesses and, you know, had, you know, owned properties, rental properties, rental homes. And then I had another uh, uncle who he kind of did this on the side where he um, had several apartment um buildings and owned things like that. So, um, you know, so there's certain, you know, uh, business savvy that I do have. Um, but, um, 
definitely entrepreneurship, you know, it's, it's one of those things it is, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of risk involved. Um, you know, you're definitely putting your money out there before you necessarily see uh, anything coming back in. <laughs> and so for me right now, um, that's why I'm starting it slow, but also too, um, because I have other irons in the fire. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, um, for me, I think at this particular phase, it was more important or I'm more focused on the building and the foundation of it. Um, and that's what's still occurring right now, necessarily than um, making a lot of money right now. Um, now, I, you know, I'm, I'm I don't honestly I don't have time to do as much one on one services I'd like, um, particularly because I'm, you know, being back in academia full time. Um, there's always a lot of committee meetings. I'm, you know, restructuring and recreating everything as far as um lectures and, 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 and modules and basically the courses. And so I don't think students understand. I know y'all feel like studying, but uh, you know, we don't just it's it's a lot of stuff behind the scenes y'all don't see. Um and so um that that's kind of what's taking up or you know where most of my my attention kind of now has to be focused. Um but I, I do because I need that creative outlet, that's why I continue to um build upon and try to be consistent with postings for um, on my social media content. Um, and then also because that's kind of it kind of a little bit is a spinoff of what I uh, what some of the one of the services that I would offer for my um, my my health health consultology resolutions um, is basically I, I kind of saw this need where, you know, hey, um, most, um, you know, medium, you know, small to medium uh, practices or organizations, they don't really spend a lot of effort into social media. And that's really where advertisement is. It's not TV or, or print necessarily anymore. And um, you, you know, and a lot of it is because they don't have time. They're focused on the practice part of it, but then also trying to run the business side of it. And so um, that's kind of where um, I felt that uh, there would be a need and you know, that there before, you know, of course, the pandemic hit, I did actually have a, you know, some some fillers out there. But understanding that most of the, the, the potential clients that I would be dealing with are, you know, entrepreneurs themselves and they're not part of a larger organization. Um, you know, monies have to had to go other places. I get that, particularly those that actually um, have clinics. So um, that's just kind of um, a, a little bit about, you know, what my ideas and and I found myself more of the the I probably at some point you know I, I don't know how I'm going to strategize my my consultation services because initially I was doing them pretty much kind of for free which again we have to learn in nursing you know time is money time is money time <laughs> is know? money and definitely so, um, we don't have that business hat on and I kind of was really doing that more so some of it was just kind of you know as nursing we tend to downplay our own um our own, I guess, uh, we don't give ourselves enough credit uh, for what we we do do. But then also, I was a new business. And I felt like, you know, hey, I also need to feel, see, is this going to fit? Because I don't want to waste your time or my time. Because <laughs> right. I may not be the, the right consultant for you. And you may not necessarily be the best client for me. And so, um, you know, I'll kind of figure out what I'm going to do a little bit more with that. Um, I've, like I said, some of the stuff I've had to just put on pause. I literally, there's not enough hours in the day, but I do make time to um, to kind of do my mini blogging on my social media pages, particularly Instagram. Um, and a lot of that really, I don't, some people come up with their content like, oh, I spent all weekend doing my content for the whole week. I literally do my content <laughs> I could be um, at an appointment. Um, like I start drafting. It's just, it just comes. Um, and so there, I, I never, and sometimes it may be something I've seen on CNN and I, I take and make a, a twist out of it, but from a healthcare provider perspective, or it could be something that's actually going on in my life. And I feel like, you know what, this is something that may help somebody else. So it's really an extension of me kind of being a, 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 a kind of, um, consultant or kind of really just a, a point of contact for ensuring the health of healthcare providers. Cause I've, I went, I've gone through burnout. I've been through the, the, the horrible job situations. And so um, just different things that I feel like, okay, especially now a lot of people are feeling it if they weren't feeling it before. 
And just like, you know, I'm here, I'm with you, I've understood it. This is what you may want to do. This is what you may not want to do. Um, but things that I hope that are little tidbits that I think are going to be helpful. And um, I eventually have some ideas of how I may monetize the blog, but I'm not going to, you know, seek advertisement of something that I feel does not go with the brand, right. if you know what I mean. So that's kind of where the bit being putting on that entrepreneurial hat, you have to think a little bit differently, but it is still very much part of nursing. And I think when we embrace it as such, um, you know, it, it, what, what's your care plan for your business? <laughs> right. So, um, and when you embrace it in that way, then um, you're able to uh, kind of, I think, flourish. So for me, I just believe in building and, and, and the, you know, they say, if you build it, it'll come and you hear some, you know, if you're people that are exclusively business and entrepreneurial people, they say that's kind of like a bunch of crap. I don't really believe that. If you spend enough time on something and you and you nourish it and you treat it, um, I believe in starting small as well. Um, you have to start somewhere. And so I, I believe in incremental change and, and incremental impact. And again, that gives me time to figure out what's going to work and what isn't going to work. And I find that out early rather than spending money on, you know, making some type of big, you know, advertising or, or starting another service that isn't going to be, you know, it's going to be counter um, productive or not really, you know, with my money or my time. So yeah. um, that's kind of just, you know, what I'm I'm doing with that. That's it's still really new. But I love the writing piece because that's where I kind of I like to express myself more right writing than talking. I'm very much an introvert. You cannot tell that from this interview. Um, but I, I am in my head 24 seven, I, I dream. So there's certain things that sometimes I see in dreams that I'm like, okay, wait, that's an idea. So, um, I, I, I really prefer to be in my own head a lot. Um, but I, I, and I, I interact better with people more one-on-one -on -one than say bigger audiences, even though, um, that's not something you really see. My, my students may not tell that, can't really see that. And, you know, probably you as the audience members can't tell that. And even in my writing, um, because of how I express myself through my writing, which is why you don't see videos. You don't really don't see live. I am very much about writing and, 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 and expression and speaking. And so, and again, those things take time because it takes editing. So I just, I'm, that's how I prefer to express myself. I don't think the blogger is dead. I know vlogs and, you know, everything visual is what's up. But I think that, you know, people that like to write and speak, you know, regular radio, uh, talk radio, podcast, all those things are not going anywhere. Yeah, and and I appreciate you saying that. That's one of the, one of the things I actually share with my students, and they don't always believe me. Is I'm a huge introvert, uh, so uh, so the fact that I even I started a podcast is a little bit. It was very much out of my comfort zone, right. uh, but uh, but you know you step out there, and I always tell tell other, and I've had students come to me and say, "Oh yeah, I'm an introvert. That's why I don't really say much." And I say it's it's a learned skill set, right? You just have to learn that you need to take the time. And re-energize on your own after you put out that energy. You gotta right. recharge, uh, and that's 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 something that a lot of I think not. I don't. I have no idea what I'm talking about at this moment. But maybe <laughs> some introverts have a, have difficulty is they don't know how to recharge, so they don't put the energy out there in the first place. I right. think that that might be the issue because it does take a lot out of you, even yeah. especially in the world of Zoom or uh, anything like that. This is right. all draining for us that identify as introverts. Right, so, right. So very right. true. Uh, and I appreciate your uh, your blogs and things. Actually, I follow you on Instagram and have for some time. Uh, and it's and it, you know from a nursing perspective, it's it's refreshing for me because um, I, I know there's a lot of nurses out there who are uh, identified as influencers, uh, but they're primarily out there selling products. And I, you know that's perfectly fine because that's their brand. Uh, and that's how they decided to market themselves. And that's how they're making, you know, they're putting food on the table. Uh, right. I appreciate your your blog because I always think of uh, people I, I like to follow and things like that is how are they adding value to my day or how are they adding value to my profession? Uh, and I appreciate your blogs for that for that purpose because you add value. Um, right. uh, for, my per for me, for me personally. I, I definitely uh, don't want to... I, 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 and, and people won't believe this, particularly at how involved or what's going on with my social media at this point. 
Um, but I was kind of the anti-social media person. Um, so for the longest, I really did not. Um, I was a, um, you know, I participated, but I, I, I didn't really, you know, I, I wasn't playing in the field, so to speak. I wasn't a player. I was on the sidelines. Right, right. And so um, I, because I didn't really like particularly, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, but when you hear from the traditionalist in nursing, they actually, that's not, it. I, I, I don't know whether or not it always brings out the, the highlights of what nursing is. Right. And so I was very intentional. And that's the reason why you don't see photos and there's not a lot of selfies. I'm very intentional about my content because right. I don't want it to be about you seeing my face or my body or me advertising this or feeling like I'm trying to sell you something. Um, because there's enough of that already. Right. What can I bring that's different? And so that's when I realized I have to be me and I'm going to be me and I'm going to stick to being me. And, you know, some people will, will like it and others will unfollow. You know, and but, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe I'm reaching or speaking to, you know, someone and you just have to keep being consistent about it. And, and and hopefully you will. You never know. I mean, a lot of my opportunities to speak on podcasts or um, whether it's been, you know, lately we've had a lot of Zoom conferences, which I love because um, traveling is exhausting for me. To be honest. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, that's how some of these opportunities honestly have happened because yeah. I decided and I, I was brave enough to put myself out there. So, um, you know, it is about, you know, trying to really, it's, it is, you're stepping out of your comfort zone. And that's the season that I'm in right now in my life is it's a consistent, you know, okay, yeah, I knew this and I knew that, but everything is kind of like starting anew because I'm in a new role. My entrepreneurial roles are new. Um, academia, it's been kind of one of the things on the back, but now it's the forefront. So there's more growth and development that needs to take place and nurturing there and less on the clinician side because I've, I've you know, I've reached the top of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, that, you know, I, I encourage everyone, you know, every, everybody is not, not trying to plug myself to necessarily for you to follow me or anything like that, but every, everything about social media is not always bad. And if you think it is, then think about what you can do to make it good because it's a powerful medium. It really is. I don't think that anything really right now, especially with the pandemic, right. um, it's a powerful medium of getting whatever your product may be out there or your intellectual product or your service or whatever it is that you give. You kind of, you've got to, it's one of those games you got to play. 100% agree. Uh, right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Smart. I, I loved having you on. I, I hope we stay connected and yes. uh, uh, you're welcome back on the show anytime. Awesome. Uh, so I appreciate you uh giving your time and uh, I wish you the best with your academic role, your new full-time academic role. Congratulations on that. And, and I look forward to, uh, to see where your entrepreneurial uh, 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 tasks or, 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 or right. businesses, however it ends up being, I hope it becomes a moneymaker for you at some point. That's my plan and my prayer. I should say, uh, I, I, I plan, yeah. but I, I won't, I won't rush it one thing at a time. As my father always said to Rome wasn't built in a day. So one, one, one thing at a time, one step at a time. Absolutely. It's not necessarily a race. It's just about achieving that and getting to that goal. So, but Absolutely. we're all, all in, uh, you know, a continuous smart advice. smart advice. Right. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, we have been, we have had the pleasure of uh, listening to Dr. Antiqua Smart, uh, her full bio and her uh, contact information on social media uh, will be on the website. Uh, so please make sure you follow and uh, we look, I look forward to um, bringing you uh, more guests, more incredible guests like mm -hmm. Dr. Smart uh, and uh have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Have a good one. You've been listening to the RN Mentor with your host, Ali Taya. Please don't forget to visit www.aliartayeb.com 
That's www.alirtayyeb.com for podcast notes and resources. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I wish you fair winds and following seas.